It is one of those rare days where if you use numbers to state the date, it sounds good, no matter which system you use. Which do you prefer? 22-9-22 or 9-22-22? Either way, the equinox is happening around this time, so the day is doubly rare. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that is not rare, despite going out in a somewhat irregular fashion. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, Albemarle supervisors indicate support for a second rezoning at Southwood. The Virginia Film Festival will screen a film at the Paramount this Sunday in advance of its Apple TV debut. And the state's transportation body is briefed on the cancellation of the West Main streetscape and another project. In today's first Patreon Field shout-out, Mark your calendar for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance's third annual Rivanna River Roundup Community Watershed Cleaning Up coming up this Saturday, September 24th. The Rivanna Conservation Alliance organized the first roundup in September 2020 as a safe way for the community to give back to the river during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last two years, a total of 245 volunteers have cleaned up 67 miles of streams, nearby trails, and the Rivanna River removing 192 tires and 213 large bags of trash from the waterways. Registration is still open, and you can sign up for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance newsletter at rivanna-river.org. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors made clear, less than an hour before midnight last night, that the rezoning of a second phase of the redevelopment of the Southwood Mobile Home Park will eventually be granted. But there were some remaining questions when the item came closer to a vote. Here's Supervisor Donna Price, chair of the Board of Supervisors. I don't think any of us want to delay things, but also none of us want to rush through and not have it done. After a five-long-hour public hearing and discussion last night, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors deferred final action on the second phase of a rezoning where the Southwood Mobile Home Park currently stands. A first phase covered land just outside of the park, and both below-market and market-rate units are currently under construction. A major sticking point between supervisors and habitat in this second rezoning was the amount that Albemarle should pay for land for a future project as part of a proffer. In previous rezonings, private developers have given away land for such purposes, but Habitat CEO Dan Rosenzweig has maintained that the Southwood project cannot afford to do so without reducing the number of below-market units. After four and a half hours of discussion, Supervisor Chair Donna Price called a recess to allow Habitat to amend their proffer statement slightly regarding the school site that put a cap on the cost of the land at $680,000. Just before the vote, supervisors were asked if they had a comment. Supervisor Ann Malik of the Whitehall District went third after two of her colleagues had no comment. In 2019, I said I was ready for a leap of faith on phase one. I am ready for another leap of faith, and my vote is not just words, but an action in support of equity of opportunity. I'm strongly in support of approval of this application tonight. I understand not every detail is completely figured out. One of the details to be worked out between now and November 2nd 
is how Habitat might fill a funding gap for the project, possibly including Albemarle's involvement. But Malik was ready to proceed. Without Habitat purchasing this land in 2007, I predict that all the residents would likely have already lost their places. I support this rezoning to get more roofs over more heads in Southwood. Supervisor Ned Galloway of the Rio District said he still had concerns about the impacts the additional residents would have on transportation infrastructure. But he said he would eventually support it when details are ironed out. You know, when the phase one was in front of us, I had made the comment voting for that, that this was the first rezoning that came before us where we already had failing transportation issues and yet... There was no uh, opposition to the development moving forward when every other development that comes before us where there's transportation issues, that's a reason to deny it. However, Galloway noted that no one spoke out against the project for that reason. He said the main sticking point was the school proffer and whether Albemarle County Public Schools even wanted to use the site. This will bring more affordable units if the site doesn't come to pass. I, I believe if Habitat is the applicant and the site's not used, they would use it to be able to provide more affordable housing, whether it's on this site or others. Um, so I trust that if it for some reason left Habitat's hands, then, then that may not be the case. For reference, Galloway said the recent addition at Crozet Elementary School was $18 million. Supervisor Diantha McKeel said she believed all of her colleagues want to support the project, but she said she needed more details that she said would not be worked out before midnight. It's late tonight. I'm just uncomfortable with just passing this right now. Supervisor Price was very clear in her support. If you know anything about Southwood and do not support this redevelopment, you have no heart or no soul because it does need to go through. Supervisors voted to defer a vote until at least November 2nd, and a special meeting might be called just for this item. If the proffers change between now and then, a new public hearing will need to be held. The Virginia Film Festival doesn't start for another 42 days, but there's an event coming up this weekend if you can't wait until November 2nd. There will be a screening of the upcoming film Raymond and Ray at the Paramount Theater on September 25th at 2 p.m. Here's a section from the press release. Raymond and Ray stars Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke as estranged half-brothers Raymond and Ray who reunite at their father's funeral. Despite their differences and complex family relationships, they maintain their senses of humor and the funeral becomes an opportunity to reinvent themselves. The program will appear on Apple TV Plus on October 20th. 21st and premiered earlier this month at the Toronto International Film Festival. The film was shot in Virginia with support from the Virginia Film Office. The screening will be followed with a Q&A session with writer-director Rodrigo Garcia and producer Julie Lin. For ticket information and pricing, visit theparamount.net. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. 
Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. One more segment today, and it's this one. The Virginia Department of Transportation has followed through on a plan to help the city of Charlottesville get better about actually building projects for which it has been funded. On Tuesday, officials briefed the Commonwealth Transportation Board on the cancellation of three projects for which the city received funding from SmartScale in the past few years. Here's Kim Pryor, VDOT's Director of Infrastructure Investment. I'm presenting to you a proposal to cancel three SmartScale projects, uh, Preston Avenue and Grady Avenue, West Main Phase 2 and West Main Phase 3. SmartScale is a competitive process where localities submit projects which are then ranked according to how they will address certain criteria, including addressing public safety, congestion, and increasing the potential for economic development. Charlottesville was awarded three such projects in the first round of 2016, one project in 2017, two projects in 2019, and four projects in 2021. None of them have gone to construction. Sean Nelson is the district engineer for the Virginia Department of Transportation's Culpeper District. He said one factor in the state's overall metric on on-time performance relates to how well localities can complete projects. So at the beginning of the year in the Culpeper District, we decided to look at our locally administered program in the city of Charlottesville. Um, regarding this program, we had kind of been looking at the numbers and providing updates to the city regarding where their performance was, but we had not been really getting um, a lot of action based on what those numbers were. So since FY 2019, on FY 2019 on-time delivery has not been above 50%. And on budget has averaged around 60% for the same time period for the delivery of their program. Nelson said he met with interim city manager Michael C. Rogers and deputy city manager Sam Sanders to explain VDOT's expectations for the funding the city received to do work. The department showed them that they had a total of 34 projects on their books with a total estimate of $185 million from all funding sources. The part that really got their attention was out of that $185 million, they had only spent about 11.6. And some of the projects had been on the books since probably around 2006. Nelson said city leadership recognized the issue and entered into facilitated sessions to figure out how to right-size the program. The city agreed to hire new staff to handle the projects and agreed to consider canceling seven projects. Another was turned over to VDOT to administer, and three of them went before the Commonwealth Transportation Board on Tuesday that are worth $20.6 million. Through this process, the real big thing was the acknowledgement, the acknowledgement of the issue, which we were able to get from the city, which I think we've turned the corner here. In addition, the city of Charlottesville did not apply for a project through the smart scale process in the current cycle. According to Pryor, the city had not even started scoping out the Preston Avenue project, so no dollars were actually spent. As for West Main Street, the streetscape was a project that came out of a study ordered by a previous city council in 2012 that eventually resulted in a nearly $50 million cost estimate. Successive councils authorized nearly $19 million in bonds as match for SmartScale and other grant sources but the current council moved those local funds to the reconfiguration of city schools. 
the CTB will vote on the matter at its meeting in October. The $20.6 million in funds will go back to the Culpeper District for other projects that might either have cost overruns or toward the fifth round of SmartScale. The rankings for that list of candidates will be available in late January. In her next presentation, Pryor briefed the CTB on budget increase requests for the Fontaine Avenue Streetscape project awarded to Charlottesville in Round 1, and the Hydraulic Road and Route 29 Improvements project awarded to the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization in Round 4. The estimate for the Fontaine Avenue Streetscape climbed from $11.7 million to $17.9 million. Charlottesville is committing an additional $750,000 to the project. The estimate for the Hydraulic and 29 project increased by $4.2 million, due in part to changes in state law that increases the cost of purchasing right-of-way if businesses lose direct access to the roadway. Wayne Coleman, an at-large member of the CTB, questioned the fairness of using this money to cover Charlottesville's inability to deliver the Fontaine project. I'm sure that Charlottesville and Culpepper, with good faith, applied for the smart scale funds. But, you know, from back in 2017, are, are we talking about funds that are set aside and held and now reallocated to a reprioritization um, Later, I mean, I'm concerned about maybe others that may apply for smart scale that didn't get any funding. We've got these stagnant projects just sitting there. Daryl Byers, the Culpeper District representative on the CTB, said Charlottesville now realizes they were not able to manage the amount of projects received. Since the city was awarded the funding for Fontaine, there have been several city managers and all of the city councilors are new. He said the new leadership understands what needs to happen next. They realized that they just were not able to manage what was given out in smart scale. The next meeting of the Commonwealth Transportation Board is on October 25th and October 26th. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, episode 434, or 434. Kind of convenient for 22-922. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and I will be back in the near future with another installment. Until then, if you would like to support this program, the, the best way to do that is to pay for a Substack subscription, because if you do, Ting will match that amount. And if you do sign up for Ting in a link that's in the newsletter, you get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a downtown mall gift card that's worth $25 times three. Gotta say it different every time, somehow. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get that information or to get that benefit. Thank you to Ting for helping to support this particular brand of community journalism. Music in the podcast series comes from a musical entity known as Vrocky, a musical entity that you can keep track of on their Bandcamp page. Download the album Regret Everything. You can pay what you want. Thank you to Vrocky for the sonic excitement. I'm Sean Tubbs. As I said, thank you very much and stay okay out there and stay away from the COVID. I don't think I did. So that's why I don't know when there'll be another episode. Thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>